Tennessee baseball is Clemson regional champs as the Vols sweep their way through the field here this weekend, going 3-0 on the weekend after beating Charlotte 9-2 on Sunday night to wrap up the regional win. Ryan, we've had some eventful games this weekend, certainly that Saturday night classic we had between Tennessee and Clemson, but this Sunday night victory for Tennessee, not much went on as Tennessee eased past the 49ers to pick up this regional win. Yeah, it was a three-game sweep for Tennessee and the Clemson Regional, and Really, two boring wins over Charlotte, bookend yeah. an extremely entertaining game, an extremely entertaining win for the Vols over Clemson. So uh, you're right, and I think you've got to give Tennessee a lot of credit for not having any hangover um, from the Clemson game on Saturday night. And uh, not that Charlotte ran out of pitching, but they were obviously down on the number of guys that they had. And I think you kind of saw that where both the first two guys they used, uh, Sims, I guess, was the second guy. I'm blanking on the first guy's name. Uh, Spoy- Spoyar, or however you pronounce it, the lefty. Both those guys pitched well for a while, and Charlotte kind of had to leave them in longer than they should have or, or would have otherwise. And, and Tennessee, kind of the second time through the lineup on both those guys, really capitalized and made it a, a pretty drama-free win. Drama-free win, that it is. That is Ryan Shepard. I'm Jack Foster. Forgot my introductions this time, Ryan. It's a little late here on Sunday night, but we're doing all right. Here, reacting to Tennessee's win over Charlotte. You talk about hangover. Clemson had the hangover. That's for sure. Losing 3-2 to two this morning to Charlotte, and that's why Tennessee played Charlotte again. You kind of knew that once Clemson lost that game, it was going to be much easier for Tennessee to get out of here tonight rather than having to play tomorrow. Yeah, 100%. And uh, Clemson, I think even if it was them, Tennessee would have been well-equipped to, at the very least, win one of the games tonight or tomorrow and advance to the Super Regional. But... Uh, certainly easier. Tennessee just had a, a much larger talent uh, gap, I guess, between Tennessee and Charlotte than it would have been Tennessee-Clemson. And, you know, obviously everybody is extremely motivated at this time of the year. But Clemson, after the way they lost last night's game, it would have been, I think, really interesting to see how they performed in a, a rematch game against Tennessee uh, on at home with a bigger crowd uh, on Sunday night. That was just the clear advantage Tennessee had over these teams all weekend, and it showed out big time, is that the pitching depth. And we saw Tennessee flex their pitching depth even more on Sunday as Drew Beam came to play, man. He was really good. Tied his career high with 10 strikeouts. He was throwing strikeouts. A pretty high clip here. I want to go back. I haven't done this yet, but I want to go back and look at his outings, which he threw 10 Ks last year against Alabama and earlier this year against Vanderbilt. Bet it didn't happen in six innings. It did today. Beam through 10 strikeouts in six innings, only give up four hits, two earned runs. Drew Beam was on. He was, and I mean, it's 10 strikeouts with not only no walks, but and we talked about Caden Grice yesterday, his, but his ability to fill up the zone was incredible. I mean, if you're going to throw, he threw 92 pitches, he threw 67 strikes. That high of a percentage and striking out 10 guys is really, really impressive, and we saw it back-to-back games because that's exactly what Grice did uh, to Tennessee on Saturday night, and it's just rare because typically if you're throwing that many strikes, you're going to get a lot of quick outs, and you're not going to get deep enough into counts uh, to get a bunch of strikeouts. And to get deep into counts, throwing that many strikes and not walk anybody is really, really impressive. And, yeah, I mean, he was in cruise control for most, much of the day. I mean, he gives up two earned runs, but just four base runners. Uh, I see that. Yeah. I think he hit a batter. Because he yeah. hit a batter, too. But four hits uh, and one hit by pitch. And there weren't a ton of guys on base against him, and he was just really, really effective. Yeah, had the breaking ball, too. Yeah. The curveball, he said, was moving really well. And, you know, Beam isn't necessarily a pitcher with great stuff like Chase Dolander or Chase Burns. But, man, Cam Fisher said it for Charlotte after the game. That guy's got great stuff because Beam had great stuff today. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And 
that's the thing with Beam is it feels like in most of the starts, you can tell within the first inning whether he's on, whether True. it's going to be good or it's going to be bad. And the vast majority of the time the season has been good. There have been a couple bad starts, and they have been very bad. Uh, when he's been off, he's been really off. Uh, but I think at the same time, you have to really tip your cap to the way he's responded to those poor starts. Uh, after Arkansas, he came back with a dominant outing against Vanderbilt. And then after Georgia, uh, he came back with a huge, huge start uh, against South Carolina when Tennessee needed him really badly. Mm-hmm. And he kind of gave, regave them some mojo after they'd lost the, the first game in a doubleheader in the last day of the regular season at South Carolina. Obviously, uh, stakes were high for Tennessee. Uh, in this game, it wasn't all the pressure in the world because it wasn't an elimination game for them, but he made it a drama-free win for Tennessee. And even kind of the same thing, Tennessee's offense – uh, just kind of like I was saying the second time through the orders when they got it going. They weren't fantastic to start, uh, but you never felt like Tennessee was in a lot of trouble because, like you said, you can usually tell from being early, and he had it going in the first couple innings. I think when we recapped the South Carolina series, I said that was probably the best weekend from Tennessee's three starting pitchers as a whole. What You know, Lindsey, Dolander, Bean. Because even though Tennessee lost that Saturday or game two, Dolander was awesome, yeah. right? This weekend, Dolander was fine. He was solid, and Lindsey and Beam were great. And then you throw Chase Burns into the picture, who was great. If you look at those four, this is probably the best weekend of those four collectively really doing well. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it, you know, Dolander, I didn't even think it was necessarily bad, but he was like definitely Tennessee's worst pitcher yeah, over the weekend. Exactly. And, uh, it's it's crazy. And my favorite stat I found uh, now from the weekend is that Christian Moore drove in eight runs. Tennessee's pitchers or Tennessee's as a team, they gave up eight runs over all three games. And it's just absolutely insane. So, uh, Tennessee, and again, we talk about it all the time with these regionals how much pitching you need and how it taxes your pitching. Certainly, the Saturday game was an adventure with some of the pitching decisions Tony Vitello made. But in the end, they used all their guys. They didn't have to really stretch anybody too, too much. Obviously, Lindsey threw over 100 pitches, Burns threw 90, uh, what was it, 99, I think, in total in relief. Correct. But they didn't have to do anything crazy, and at no point uh, did it feel like they were going to run out of pitching. Camden Sewell, and you know, they even got to throw AJ Russell in and mm-hmm. get him his first uh, postseason, nice. not postseason, but first NCAA tournament experience in the night today. Nice little eight pitch inning to close it out here in uh, Clemson. I know, I know, and it obviously was a blowout game, so it wasn't anything like yesterday where you're trying to scrambling to get your story done. But they're still, you're putting finishing touches, getting tweets ready to go. And the first two batters, he gets out on two pit or on one pitch each. It's like, all right, let's slow down <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, hold on. Let me get all my ducks in a row. And then, uh, yeah, as the, the math bears out, the six pitch, uh, the six pitch strikeout uh, to finish finish off the day. You mentioned Christian Moore drove in eight runs on the weekend. He drove in four today. He was Tennessee's highlight offensively, left the yard twice. That makes it four times on the weekend that, t- uh, that Christian Moore homered. Zane Denton also homered today, making it three times on the weekend, three in the past two days as he went over on Friday. Christian Moore and Zane Denton once again, you know, leading Tennessee's offense. Christian Moore went on to be named the regional MVP, right? He did, and it's. I think there would have been there was a great case to be made for either of those two guys, Christian Moore and Zane Denton, to win it. It's different because Christian Moore had such better numbers, oh, but yeah. Zane Denton had the biggest hit of the weekend. You know, Mister Clutch hit. Yeah, and Zane Denton's three hits were all home runs. So <laughs> yeah, he go. made the most of. Yeah, he uh, went three of twelve, and all three were home runs. That's yeah, it's crazy. And, uh, the home run was uh, obviously not nearly as big as one last night, but again, big today, and the game was still very much up in the air when he hit it, and. Uh, 
yeah, he was he was fantastic and and more. I mean, the numbers are just staggering. Seven to ten at the plate, he hit as many home runs as outs that he recorded, um, and was good defensively. I mean, we've seen him go on tears like in stretches. We've seen Christian Moore just be the gif of the guy that's on fire walking, but. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've seen anything to this level, and certainly it came the biggest weekend of the year. Yeah, Charlotte coach said that it was almost like he had a cheat code in a video game. Yeah. And, you know, Christian Moore definitely downplayed that, if, you know, as you would expect. He's like, man, I, I knew I was playing well, but it didn't feel like anything crazy. When Christian Moore's playing like this, and, you know, Blake Burke had three hits on Saturday night, feels like Tennessee's offense collectively played really well this weekend, too. It definitely, and it wasn't... And, you know, it's kind of funny. The guys that in a lot of ways have rejuvenated Tennessee's season in the middle of the year, Hunter Inslee and Christian Scott, you know, both those guys had – obviously, Inslee had a huge hit Saturday night, and Scott had an RBA, two RBI single today. But neither of those guys were that great. Cal Stark wasn't uh, fantastic, but just the middle of Tennessee's lineup was really, really good. Christian Moore and Griffin Merritt were extremely, extremely hard outs. Uh, St. Denton obviously had some huge hits, was intentionally walked a couple times too. Um, So it it wasn't – Top to bottom, everybody great, but Tennessee got some just fantastic performances uh, from the really important bats in the middle of the lineup. The guys that when they're on, they're really, really good. And then even the guys that weren't great uh, found ways to contribute and, and help out the team offensively as well. Other names that made the regional all-tournament team were Zane Denton as the unanimous selection at third base, Griffin Merritt got the nod at the DH spot, and Andrew Lindsay was named as one of the two pitchers on the all-tournament team. Clemson's Caden Grice was the other pitcher. So four Vols made the all-tournament team. Anybody you think got snubbed, maybe? I, I personally voted for Chase Burns. In fact, over Andrew Lindsay, I uh, still voted for Caden Grice, but I just thought the way Burns pitched, man, it was unlike anything we probably saw this weekend outside of Grice. I agree, and I, I, I voted the same way, but you know, I'm not sure I'd necessarily say anyone got snubbed just because Caden Grice was so, so good and Andrew Lindsay was so, so good. So I certainly understood you know, why people voted those two uh, over Burns, but you're right, the high leverage innings that he pitched and how effective he was to me it felt like he was the deserving guy at least the most deserving player from Tennessee there were multiple ones you could make a case for Drew Beam belonging on that that list too so uh, no I don't really think anybody got snubbed Uh, I did vote for Cal Stark who didn't uh, didn't end up being the catcher Um, and then the guy who really did get snubbed and he didn't necessarily get snubbed in that you know, I didn't even vote for him, but Austin Knight for Charlotte, who was a former Tennessee player, was fantastic on the weekend. But second baseman, he wasn't going to get it over Christian Moore, and then he was the best player on the weekend, right? Yeah, and that DH utility uh, man spot, Griffin Merritt was you know still a little bit better than him, and obviously was on the winning team. So it, it was he was the guy that kind of felt like man, wish there was a spot for him on there, but it just didn't work out. Well, we talked last night about how you know when Tennessee won that game, it was going to be a major upset if they didn't win the regional. That came true today as Tennessee went on to coast and win the regional. They punched their ticket to the third straight Super Regional and fifth in program history, if I have that correct. Yes. Fifth Super Regional in program history. Because Super Regional wasn't a thing. Yeah. You know, not too, it's it's fairly new new thing here. Yeah, I think in the 21st century, sometime in the early 2000s. I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah, I think you got the these three years, 05 and 01 maybe, out of the five years. So fifth Super Regional appearance for Tennessee, third consecutive here. We've touched on it a little bit, but we need to go in depth here on this podcast. Tennessee's, or well, I guess you should say Clemson's corresponding regional was the Auburn Regional. Auburn got bounced in two games, and right now Southern Miss and Penn are going at it here 
in uh, game one of the Auburn Regional Final. If Southern Miss loses, Tennessee gets pinned next weekend in what will be in Knoxville. Yes. They'll host. But if Southern Miss wins tonight and ultimately wins tomorrow, you know we're gonna they're going to have a decision on their hands as to who's going to host this Super Regional between Southern Miss and Hattiesburg or Tennessee and Knoxville. Yeah, I will. And before... That's great. I feel bad that I'm going to divert because that lead-in by you was so good. But what just happened, pin, oh. pin up 2-1 oh. on Southern Miss in the fourth inning. Bases loaded, two outs, 3-2 count. Pitch clock violation on the, the pin batter, strike three, inning over. Southern Miss oh, gets out of it. Wow. Yes. Unreal. Uh, genuinely, I mean, that's... That's like we so tough. we saw a couple of those early in the season, but I haven't seen one in a long, long time, and uh, obviously that's crazy. But uh, to your point, yes, there's going to be a decision that has to be made. It will be made on Tuesday. Uh, the NCAA tournament committee is the one who makes that decision. Uh, the criteria uh, or the statement that they gave the committee will make a determination of that when the situation comes up, and the site would be announced Tuesday morning. Since there. Are is no true seating of number twos. It would largely just be looking at the merits of the two bids, venue, hotels, guarantees, etc. But it would be a full committee decision. You know, you would think Tennessee would be a little better equipped, but it sounds like Southern Miss is plenty well equipped enough to to make a bid and, and to be considered. I know Kyle Peterson was the, who was doing the broadcast this weekend at Clemson said something to the extent that he thought it would be Southern Miss. Uh, Southern Miss's stadium, Pete Taylor Field. Is 3,200 capacity, so not as big as Lindsey Nelson Stadium, but again, not too, too small that you wouldn't have it. So you would think Tennessee, uh, but I don't know. There are smarter people out there than me who say that it would be more likely for Southern Miss to host. And uh, But Southern Miss has to beat Penn twice, and obviously they're losing in the middle innings of the first game here tonight. Yeah, I mean, beating any team twice in a row like that is tough. And, you know, who, who any college baseball team that made the NCAA tournament – and, you know, Kendall Rogers, Mr. College Baseball, he's the ultimate college baseball follow on Twitter. He also shared the same sentiment that Southern Miss would have a very, very good case to host if it wins the Auburn Regional. I saw some lists floating around about how Southern Miss had a higher attendance rate. Even though they have a smaller park, you know, they just averaged higher attendance per game. But it was very marginal. It wasn't yeah. big at all. I think Southern Miss was like ninth in the country and Tennessee was 13th okay. for this season. So... I don't know what it's going to come down to. We're not experts on it. I know Knoxville's a better city and probably more equipped to handle hotels and travel and things like that than Hattiesburg, Mississippi, but we shall see. So that decision be made Tuesday. Yeah, we shall see. And certainly it would be uh, a lot, lot better for Tennessee to be at home. And they've been really, really good at home this season. But it does feel like between the South Carolina series and this series, they've kind of exercised their road demons and that's not really a question. Uh, it won't be a talking point for us if Tennessee were to have to head on the road and go to Hattiesburg. Let's get down to brass tacks here. Tennessee's two wins away from Omaha, and standing in their way, like we've said, is Southern Miss or Penn. And it, I know Southern Miss is a good baseball team, and you know Penn's a good Ivy League team. They've done really well in the Auburn Regional. But Tennessee's road to Omaha is fairly favorable compared to most right now, wouldn't you say? I would, and I do think it'll probably be a little overblown if it is Southern Miss because Southern Miss is a good program and they're a good team, and they had uh, they were in the conversation uh, to earn a host. I mean, RPI this season, Tennessee was number twenty, Southern Miss was twenty one. So gotcha. their resumes are pretty similar, um, but certainly if it is Penn, that would be a huge advantage, I, I think, for Tennessee. And 
again, it's a super regional. It's you're gonna play somebody good. That's just the reality of it. But mm-hmm. Tennessee doesn't have any sort of juggernaut that uh, they will face. And you know, obviously, it didn't end up playing out like a two uh, best of three series because Charlotte knocked off Clemson. Uh, today in the first game, but you know I think Clemson is a better team than whoever Tennessee will face next week. So as long as Tennessee's hosting, you're probably going to pick the balls to win the Super Regional. Yes, and you know my initial thought, maybe this is me just have not having come come down off the high of Tennessee playing well this weekend, is that even if it's at Southern Miss, I'd probably pick Tennessee. There you go. There you go. They played well on the road here. Uh, one of the toughest environments probably to play in was Saturday night's game, and yeah, toughest games in general of how everything went in Tennessee. Showed some resiliency and pulled that out. Bases loaded, pitch clock violation. That's just... How about that? Ivy League kids need to start hitting the <laughs> rule books instead of the textbooks. That's right. That's what are they right. doing? What are they teaching kids in Philadelphia? I don't know. They're not respecting the pitch clock, though. Not respecting it. Well, everybody, that'll wrap it up for this instant reaction of Tennessee beating Charlotte to win the NCAA Regional here in Clemson. Ryan, do you have any final thoughts here before we head on out? I think I would just echo the thought that I kind of had last night and probably expressed poorly because it was 2.30 in the morning when we were recording. Everything that Tennessee has struggled with, every question about them this year, everything during the regular season you said, this is why I don't know if they'll have success in the NCAA tournament. (laughs) They did it all well. The hitting even in games where it wasn't great was good enough. They found enough answers. There was enough consistency. The defense was good. The base running was good. Tony Vitello pitching decisions, and my goodness, even Greg Vitello wasn't sure about the pitching decisions <laughs> yeah. he was making on Saturday, and I know I wasn't either, but all those decisions worked out. And Tennessee played a complete, complete weekend of baseball. They played a really good weekend of baseball. They looked like the team I think people were expecting all season, the team that was number two in the country in the preseason, the pitching that can just overpower anybody and dominate, uh, the hitting that has enough power in the lineup and enough juice to be good. They did it all. They performed the best they have all season. I would even give it a nod over to Vanderbilt series when they were obviously really good. Uh, and because of that, there's a lot of excitement, uh, and Tennessee's got at least one more weekend of baseball to play. That's right. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this instant reaction of Tennessee baseball's NCAA regional win here in Clemson. We'll be back at you with an RTI baseball press pass podcast in the week previewing whoever Tennessee's going to play in the Super Regional, whether that'll be in Knoxville and Hattiesburg, whatever you may have it. But for Ryan Shepard, I'm Jack Foster. We'll see you guys next time and have a great start to your week.